This is the St. Luligan Podcast Network. And this is Christina, and you're listening to Wannabe Fans, a podcast for wannabe fans of St. Louis City SC. Over the past week, we've had two separate games with Dallas and Galaxy. Dallas was due to a weather delay that was finally rescheduled, and we faced them for the last half of the game. And then Galaxy, we um, had a Sunday match. And uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to actually watch either of those games. Life gets in the way sometimes. I was working during the Dallas game and then the Galaxy game. Um, I just had a weekend and I was not mm-hmm. able to watch it. I, I just couldn't do it. Um, but Christina, you, you watched both of them, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I know Dallas, we ended up losing pretty badly to zero. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The consensus was that we went out there at the 51st minute with like this idea that we were just going to draw, like that we were just playing to, to draw. Um, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that, but we were, you know, we were not pressing as hard as we normally do. I think it was awkward starting at the 51st minute too, for me, just because, you know, I wanted there to be so much, more of a match and it also seemed like we flew in the same day there there just seemed to be a lot of factors that played into that but yeah they they took us to nil and it was painful at the end i remember when ferrera shot uh, that last goal and we just turned the tv off Oh, no. <laughs> we were like, no, thank you. We can't do it. Sorry. I just I just went to Twitter and and you know got the rest of the updates there. But yeah, that was that was a rough one. Okay. And then the Galaxy game, I know that was one that you were particularly looking forward to because Galaxy's been struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was looking forward to it. Unfortunately, we didn't go to that match in person because um Jeff's niece had a dance recital and we thought that there was going to be a rain delay and that we were going to have to leave early anyway. So we gave the tickets to our friends um, and they had never been, well, one of them has never been to, well, actually it might be both of them have never been to like a professional soccer event. Which so, is really cool. Yeah. I'm glad they got that opportunity. They're, they're mutual friends of ours. So like, I think we may have mentioned, mentioned at least one of them by name on the podcast before, but it's Dakota mm-hmm. and Will. I think we mentioned Dakota on the podcast before because he's the person that I got to become a Chelsea fan by buying him a Chelsea St. Louis yes. supporter scarf. So Yes, and don't hold that against him. But he did. Him and Will were there, and I I checked in with them, and they said that, you know, one of their favorite parts was the chanting. They really liked the energy. The atmosphere was really cool. 
Um, so kudos to the North End. And then they also said that they enjoyed when they were um, chanting at the ref because Revis was a pain in my ass that whole match. I just – I was so mad at him, but I feel like – I feel like I'm always mad at the ref, um, which isn't fair, but he, it just seemed like there were a lot of cheap yellow cards. Um, and I kept going to Twitter to kind of see if people were agreeing and it seemed like yes and no, but then other people kind of came back and said, you know, there was an elbow. Um, so it's hard to say, but it was a tough match and, um, you know, we drew, <laughs> which yeah. feels like a loss against LA Galaxy. So actually what's really funny is um, I, I had been out the two nights before when I say life got in the way, I was at a vet vet special services until 4am on Friday night. And then the night after on Saturday night, I had uh, a bachelorette that I'm the maid of honor for. So I was up late, you know, making sure that, that ran smoothly. Um, so I, I was passed out during the game. Like I just, I could not stay awake. And so at the 85th minute, I asked what the score was, and it said that it was 1-0. And I'm like, oh, that's good, 85th minute. Apparently, because uh, I just asked, like, my, my Echo Dot or something like that, you mm-hmm. know? And apparently that's also the minute that they scored to tie it up to draw, but I must have just asked, like, right before it happened. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's great. There's only, like, five minutes left of, like, actual time, and – then stoppage time. But apparently in the minute that I asked, now I regret this because I feel like it's my fault in some way. <laughs> you know how, how like people can get weirdly superstitious about stuff. And this is one that I'm like, okay, don't, don't ask the Alexa right. about um, what the score is. If you're not there, just, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like it's kind of like my fault in some way, some like universal karmic way. It's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Um, no, but yeah, it was a huge bummer. Um, I was hoping we would just get there with the one, with the one point, but it didn't happen. So, um, that's all right though. We have Nashville, uh, next weekend. And so I am looking forward to that, even though I won't be there. And I'm also excited because even though we drew, we're still at the top of the table. Yeah. We're still at the top of the table. Yeah. And uh, Seattle's only one point behind us, but we've got a three points behind uh, three points behind us would be LAFC, FC Dallas, and San Jose are all tied up at 26 points. We've got 29. Seattle Sounders have 28. And then it's a significant drop from there to Vancouver, who is sixth on the list with uh, 22 points. So I feel like we're, we're doing okay right now. Yeah. We're in that upper, upper area of the table. Mm-hmm. So that feels good. Um, I don't really know like how Nashville's going to go. I think Nashville is like second on their side of the table and they've had, oh yeah, 32 points. They've had a similar win draw loss thing that we have. Yeah. Nine, five, three versus our nine, two, five. Mm-hmm. So um I don't know. It'll be fun. I'm hoping that it's like Cincinnati. I'm hoping it's like Cincinnati and we just kind of like destroy them out of nowhere, even though we probably have no reason to like do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think we've got a good chance. I'm excited to see, see how we match up against Nashville. 
Um, and you have a soft spot for Nashville. Yeah. Well, yeah. During my FC days when we, you know, played up um, as a USL team, that was really cool. And they had a really awesome supporters group and they were super friendly. And um, I just remember that being a really good match. And then also being in Nashville is great. But um, I remember that. So I'm excited. Um, another thing I was thinking about is, and I just wanted to mention in case anybody has any input or you have any input, cause I haven't talked to you about this, but something I've noticed is why do we always vote man of the match to the person who scored the goal? Because I thought that Stroud should have been on that list yesterday. Like he should have just been in the grouping because yeah. he wasn't even there, but he was carrying, he was carrying it in the first half, in my yeah, opinion. I, I've noticed that too. And I've been a little disappointed sometimes with who gets voted for it because it seems like it's just whoever scored the first goal or whoever, you know, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's very biased because it's what, any fan sees mm -hmm. so it makes the most sense that it's going to be either the person who scores the most goals or it's going to be Berkey for stopping a lot of goals like it's right. going to be one of those two every single time and I think that's kind of held true for the whole thing and I feel like that overlooks some of the the critical players that we have on our team who maybe aren't scoring goals but they're setting up all those opportunities that make it so that we can or they're just being great disruptors on the field or yeah. whatever it is and it's, it's, it is disappointing, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And I also think that Berkey should just be, like, man of the match. Like, he, there should be, like, a secondary. And it's like, Berkey is just always man of the match. And then <laughs> everybody else gets a chance underneath him. Like, we don't even need to lump him into the group. He's just already man of the match because he's just great. But I think, like, whenever I was watching yesterday – I was ready to vote man of the match and I was looking for Stroud because he was fighting for his life in that first half. Wow. And I was like, he's got to be on here. And he wasn't even on there. And I, I get, and Gio, you know, of course, like he scored the goal, he carried it. But I just think that there are a lot of other things happening on the field that I think are, should be highlighted so I've got a point awesome. to this. Um, a friend actually shared an article that was on The Athletic with me, and it's called um, MLS MVP Race by the Numbers. Um, Hani Mukhtar among leaders and a case for STL's goalkeeper, or mm -hmm. Roman Berkey. And I was reading it, and it's got, like, their their top five, like, early front runners. And then they spend a whole section on Berkey and why he could actually he could actually be the MVP. Because they were talking about something similar to what we've been talking about where it's not man in the match, but it's the MVP award. And apparently it's almost always like someone who just goes and scores lots of goals. Yeah. Like that's basically it. And there's only been one other time that a goalkeeper has ever gotten it. Mm -hmm. And if, if Roman Berkey were to get it, it would be the second time ever that a goalkeeper's gotten it in the MLS like mm -hmm. history of the MVP. So it's like the, the part of the, um, the part of the article that they talk about Roman Berkey is called if the back half of the field had a chance, dot, dot, dot. And um, it's, it's saying that it's like most often given to the best attacker, but that defenders midfield and goalkeepers are still just as valuable to a team's success, even though goals are what win the game. Mm -hmm. So um, it's kind of like hard for people to like vote for the things that, they don't necessarily see happening yeah. as much as like a goal, which is very visible and you can see it happening. Right. So um, I thought that was really cool. And they, they really 
they really talk, they give, they have really nice things to say about St. Louis City SC. Okay, by and large, St. Louis oozes the designated team ethos, which Lutz preached last fall. Coach Bradley Carnell and his staff have done an ex exceptional job getting everyone to buy into the selfless collective. The 10 players on the field move hypnotically, if you watch at half speed perhaps, to retain their shape and execute a level of effective pressing that MLS has seldom seen. Mm. And I thought that was like a really nice, like concise description of like, what we do and how we play. And then they go on to say they do, however, have one undeniable luxury piece, the league's highest paid goalkeeper by some margin. Berkey has earned his keep immediately, ranking as MLS's best shot stopper to date. Wow. So that's like in the history of yeah. MLS, not just like, mm -hmm. yeah, he's a, the best incredible. shot stopper to date. Yeah. Uh, top goalkeeper by goals um, and top, uh, top by goals prevented only trailing Seattle's uh, goalkeeper. Yes. Wow. Which is insane. Wow. So I think that's really cool. And they, they make a case for him and why he should, he should actually get the award this year instead of someone who's an attacker. Okay. I, I agree. I'm, I'm here for this. I think that would be well-deserved. I mean, he's been killing it. And um, I think that a, a lot of other players like Blom like yes. Tim Parker, although he uh, definitely earns his yellow cards. Yes, he does. Um, but there, there are also, you know, the reason why, you know, oftentimes they are at, sitting at nil and we have points. I mean, yeah, because we have these disruptors, we have these brick walls, and um, yeah. But unfortunately, sometimes our walls create opportunities for them to, you know, penalty kicks and free kicks and stuff like that. But it's it is what it is. I think that they all bring something to the table. But I just Sunday, I was just like, oh, so we're just going to give it to Gio, which I'm not, of course, well deserved. But just because you score a goal, I think there are other people that could be highlighted in man of the match. I almost um, wonder if it needs to, I know this would make it more complicated, but if there was something a little broader in the categories, yeah. like if you had more something that was for like the front, front part of the field and something that was more for the back part of the field. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. I mean, like, again, that'd be really complicated and that doesn't fall in line with like what the premier league does or what MLS actually does or probably any other league. I think they all just do man of the match and it's just, yeah mostly the person who scored the goals. Yeah. So I don't know, but it's a good thought. Yeah. I mean, I would be interested in seeing like what the criteria is. And then also I realized that because, you know, I'm not like, I don't know everything. Like my interpretation of what was going on on the field may not have been like, maybe there wasn't like, he wasn't implementing the best strategy or maybe he wasn't like, performing the way I thought he was, but I just think like I'm watching him the first half and I'm like, talking about Stroud or I'm talking about Stroud. Yeah. Like I'm just using him as an example for this yeah. one. But like, I just felt like he was constantly like creating an opportunity, trying to score like over and over and over again. And of mm -hmm. course we kept getting shut down. He didn't score or he, he wasn't even the assist. It was um, indie, but it's like those things to me mean a lot because yeah. like you're bringing that energy and like eventually we will have an opportunity to score. I think that's yeah. why I like the MLS like thing that they put out in the middle of the week, like after the games are done for the weekend where mm -hmm. they highlight like the best team by position. Yeah. And they, 
say like who's on it. I feel like that's a more accurate view of what is actually going on. Um, the thing that I, I dislike about man of the match is it is, uh, it seems a little contrary to it being like a team sport. And, you know, mm -hmm. I come from an individual sport. I come from fencing. So like you wouldn't yeah. have that anyway, because it's just you, right. but, um, I don't know. It just seems a little weird to me. Yeah. And I don't even know what it, like what happens when you get man of the match, obviously like they post about it, but like, is there anything extra to it? Is there like something that incentivizes people to go for man of the match? Or is it just a thing that happens? Because it may not even be that deep, but to me, it's like this, it's like synonymous with getting the, the winning ball in a football, like American football game, you know, like, you want like you are the one who scored the touchdown you get the football you know that kind of thing and so there's something i don't know that would like boost your morale i guess with less of a better. i don't know but anyway i don't know i don't know maybe they don't care um and i'm i was overthinking it but i just thought it was weird because i'm like what's the point of doing this if we only if we're only going to pick the people who scored the goals, then like, what's the point of me going in there and even doing it? Because yeah. it's just the person who scored the goal that just give it to them. Like, don't even have people vote. Like, just say like you scored the goals. So you get, I don't know. Yeah. I gotcha. In non St. Louis news, we have heard through the grapevine, by which I mean it's been posted on every single social media platform, news outlet, and everywhere else that Inter Miami signed Messi to come play for them this upcoming season. Or no, the end of this season too, yeah. right? Like he's yeah. starting in late July, they think, or something. Yeah. I think his contract starts like the week after we play or something. Yeah. Like it's it's real close to when we play them, but it's not when we play. <laughs> yeah, somewhere around there, but yeah. Um, soon. <laughs> and so that's big news. Um, apparently he said that he wants to spend more time with his, like he wants to have more time with his family and reasonable. That's reasonable. Um, everyone's having like a total meltdown over it, especially in Miami. I mean, ticket sales are oh skyrocketing and i just read an article this morning that said that um i don't know if this was a player or who management or somebody but they were basically like inner miami isn't really ready for Messi to come i mean their their stadium is not set up to yeah. where it's actually going to be safe like they don't have security to like escort players out which i'm sure that they will probably pay for somebody to escort him out but like there's nothing like blocking the field so it's just a it could be an all-out like people are jumping on the field which, yeah um but anyway yeah they were saying it's it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out um huh. and i'm i'm curious too I mean, it's not that I'm like totally ambivalent, but it's also not our team. So the fact that I like, I don't yeah. care super much, if that makes sense. Like yeah. it's, I guess I'm just wondering, like just, when we go to play, like if we play them yeah. and Messi is there, like, am I supposed to like fan, like freak out? <laughs> 
No, you're supposed to have to beat them. <laughs> because, it, yeah, like we just watched Argentina win the World Cup. Yeah. And, you know, Messi is like their god, essentially. <laughs> and so it's just going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And people have so many mixed feelings about it. Um, yeah. To me, it's like, okay, it's just, he's just coming to him a lot. Like, it just is what it is. It's it like, was. It was funny because my husband, who's not really into the soccer space, but keeps up with it because he knows that I enjoy it. Um, when when the signing was announced, like multiple hours later, he had, comes home from um, being wherever he was. And he's like, oh, did you see the news? And I'm like, yeah, Messi's going to play for Inter Miami. I guess that was what he was talking about. He's like, yeah. He's like, and then he goes, Zava will play for Inter Miami. And I'm just like, <laughs> for anyone who's watched the, the third season of Ted Lasso, you get the reference. But that's that was uh, his response to that whole thing. It was just yeah. this immediate Zava will play for Inter Miami. <laughs> and, and that kind of brings me to my, my next point, which is like, it's going to be interesting to see if he's actually able to carry literally the worst team in the MLS right now, uh-huh. or if it's just going to be like, or he's going to get really frustrated with it. You oh my know? gosh. It's like season three of Ted Lasso is taking off in Inter Miami. We just get to watch it play out. Yeah, it'll, be, inter- be, it'll be entertaining. I think. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it will inspire them, like the team. To, I don't know. That's that's romanticizing it a little bit, but yeah. I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, he he's leaving. Ooh, he's leaving to come to MLS to spend more time with his family. Like he just wants something a little bit more low key and we can all get behind that. And I think that just is what it is. I think it'll just be fun to watch it from afar. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, it will. (laughs) So we beat Houston three nil and I think Anna Marie and I were both at the match, which was fun. Um, and that's the last match that we were able to attend in person. And um, not a lot to say. I think we just had a really, like, we were strong. <laughs> yeah. It was good. Yeah. It was uh, entertained, too. I also, I also feel like um, I was lucky in that um, one of my friends, Brian, who was, like, been in the support section with us and stood with us for a lot of the different games. Um, he brought his wife, Melissa, who I'm good friends with. And I feel like every time Brian brings someone new, we win something to nothing. Like it, it's been consistent. Every time he brings someone new, it's something to nothing, you know? Um, so I, again, like talking about the superstition that we just right. touched on earlier, it's kind of funny because it's like, okay, Brian, now you always have to bring someone new to a game. Right. I don't care how much it costs you to get them here. Just you just got to bring someone new every single time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So currently our superstitions are Anna Maria cannot check the, the match score using Echo Dot. Brian has to bring somebody new every time, and Jeff has to wear his game day socks. Doesn't he have to say something to you, too? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a thing? I thought he, that was a thing. He he has a superstition that whenever there's a corner kick, he has to say, sure would be nice if we get one here. 
I didn't know what he was saying. I just know every yeah. single time we have one, he leans over to you and whispers something in your ear. And like, as the, as the games have gone on, your reaction to it has gotten funnier and funnier. Cause you're just like, you just like, you either like immediately start laughing or you're just like, yeah, yeah. Whatever, you know? yeah because it hasn't consistently worked like it hasn't consistently worked so I think I just laugh a little bit because I'm like okay I mean yeah can't yeah. hurt right can't hurt. um so yeah but that's the corner the corner kick uh superstition and I think that's it for superstitions um yeah but I, I don't know if we have any other superstitions so far no it was also really hot. It was. It was I super hot. Was sweating so bad yeah. at that match. Um, and that was also the Pride. Yes. The Pride night. Pride night. Um, which I got the cool sticker, which I was happy to get. What sticker? Um, it was the the logo, but with the rainbow. Was that the giveaway? That's what they were giving as you oh, walked I missed as that. you walked out the as gate. You That's out. what they were handing you. Yeah. They handed it to us as we walked out. Yeah. Oh, I got separated from you guys. I was yeah. like, why didn't I get that? That was because when we yeah. took the metro. Yeah. yeah. And I, I got separated from you guys as we were leaving. I don't – I, like, turned around and you weren't there anymore. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to go with Brian and Melissa because, yeah. like, I wasn't going to try to figure it out myself because mm-hmm. I'm directionally challenged. And I just could not – I couldn't do it. But – a little bit off topic there. Oh, but, yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, I was really excited about that sticker. Oh, no. That's okay. I, I totally missed it. So, yeah. Um, I just – I felt like I could have done more for Pride Night. And mm-hmm. I I thought that there was kind of a – kind of a consensus with other people who are a part of, like, the queer community online who were saying that it felt like they kind of – dialed it in on it a little bit like they kind of did like almost the bare minimum for it yeah um i don't know i i just i wish that maybe they had like said because you know how they do like the the light donations or they open up the bank savings accounts if uh if there's a save and that sort of thing yeah um i kind of feel like those sorts of things maybe for that night could have been redirected to like the metro trans umbrella group or like the trevor project or anything else that was either local or national that would have benefited from like whatever it was that they were going to give to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just kind of felt like, Mm -hmm. (sighs) yeah, like they could have done, they could have done something uh, that highlighted it a little bit more. It seemed like they were going for like, we have representation and we have the rainbows and that's about it. Yeah. Like that's where we're going to draw the line. Um, And you know, like the saves, like, yeah, it's for the kids, so I'm like, oh, but then at the but same like, time, they could have done something extra. They could have done yeah. something additional. It does not, like not necessarily ad- a replacement, yeah. but like, that's the idea of um, – Yeah, no, I agree. I think they could have done – they could have done something extra, to, and I, yeah. I think they were going pretty soft. They were. And I don't know what the PR was for that, like what that those conversations looked like, but I also know that, like, corporations are just it, – it's, it's pretty – corporate now yes. so it's like kind of I think that it's a problem though because if you look at like kind of public backlash lately like uh Target for example pulled like their whole line of pride stuff because they started getting threats on their stores yeah and it's like 
Okay, so you got like the corporation, but then also you've got um, you've got that they're they're, 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 they were doing it for the money and now they're like, it's not worth doing it for the money, you know? Yeah. And then you're taking that representation away. You're taking yeah. that away from the other people just because some, some people were like, oh, I'm going to go shit up your store because you have pride stuff that you're mm-hmm. for sale, like certain collections and things. That they yeah. Pull. And it's like, that's not right. Right. Just stick to your, stick to your, stick to what you said that you wanted to do and sell those things. Right. Um, and I guess I kind of, feel like if you if you adopt that harder message such as target did and then didn't I'm, I'm struggling for words here but my point of it is um i feel like they don't want to offend anyone so they kept it as light as they possibly could mm-hmm. and i feel like keeping it as light as they possibly could with like the, the little nods without like actually committing to it yeah is kind of problematic. Yeah. Um, I mean, I understand that we're a new team and I understand that probably corporate, the corporate part of the team is like, we don't want to alienate fans or whatever right now, but it's still one of those things where you're like, yeah, you, could, you could probably done a little bit more still. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that it just goes to show that, you know, we're, we're advocates until it's hard. And I think the fact that it even gets hard or that it gets to like a place where it's dangerous or controversial is a more of a reason to press in to advocating for people than to pull back. And not because I want people to be endangered. Like I don't want staff at target to be in danger. I don't want, you know, people at the stadium to be in danger, but that it, it shows that it matters, that yeah. it matters to people and that people need to be advocated for. And if you can't find a way to do that, like, I, I just think there needs to, there needs to be conversations about how to do that better yeah. um, in the future so that, you know, there is representation and that there are people being advocated for and that it doesn't come across as just another like marketing, like, at, you know, Marketing ploy. Marketing ploy. So, yeah. yeah. And kind of along these same lines, I got into a lot of Twitter fights from our account um, just mm-hmm. on this topic. Yeah, um, the trolls were were really strong in the Twitter sphere. They really were. On the last the few nights. weeks. Yeah. yeah. They were on like several threads with, I think, the Luligans and other people just – it was insane. I, I think the punks got some. I yeah. had a lot. And then, um, well, our account had a lot. And then uh, I know the Luligans one because of the Pride Razor. Yeah. Uh, got, like, some really nasty comments. Um, yeah. And they fought strong. They fought strong. They were not stopping. And, you know, I, 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 I feel fortunate enough that I was in a mentally healthy enough place to be able to kind of argue with these people and not let it like affect me mm-hmm. if that makes sense like i that's kind of like a yeah little bit of privilege that i have at this point in my life so i kept going back at them and being like hey this is why you're wrong i mean not that it would change their minds but it was more of a if i point this out to this person and someone can see me pointing out to this person someone who's maybe not as out there as this person mm-hmm. then maybe maybe that helps 
down the road change someone's opinion. I don't know. It was, yeah. it, it's just like, I wasn't going to let the, the, the trolls and the bigots and everyone else just comment and then leave it there. You know, yeah. like it was kind of like a little bit of back and forth with them and mm-hmm. trying to see, trying to show that there were flaws in their reasoning, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause like, there were a lot of things that were like, Oh, this is a, this, this is just a lifestyle. This isn't, this isn't like, this is, a, this is a choice that they are making. So why do I have to respect that choice? And it's like, well, it's not a choice that they're making. Do you think right. that someone chooses to have this level of like scrutiny and bigotry yeah. and everything else? Like, I don't, I, I, I can't, I cannot see why anyone would choose, for example, to like wake up and just one day decide, guess what? I'm, I'm transgender. You know, like it's not, that's mm-hmm. not how it works. If someone, someone has like, it's, it's, it's not a choice that they are making. Right. It's biological. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's something that's inside them mm-hmm. that is making it so that, you know, they don't feel right in that body that they're in and they want, they can then do the things to take the steps that they need in order to feel comfortable with themselves. And that's right. not, that's not a choice. I don't think that yeah. anyone would choose to feel uncomfortable in the body that they're in. Right. I don't think anyone, I mean, like you don't choose to, you know, you don't wake up one morning and go like, Hey, I'm going to be straight. And you know, that's the thing It's like people, when it's about like a straight couple or something else, it's, it's not about sexuality. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a, if you have a, a book band about two gay penguins raising, you know, a chick together, that's, that's about sexuality and that's awful. But if you're having two, like a male and a female penguin at a zoo doing the same thing, it just would be right. a cute story. But like, this is what I don't get is like, it's politicized when it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. It, sh- it should not be politicized. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like every couple of weeks now we're going back on our soapbox about something that um, is yeah. going on. That's not, not correct. But um, I think that this one's important because yeah. um, the reason why I got into it with people is because two of our players did not wear the pride kit. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, Leuven and uh, Hebert. So, um, and people got mad that I quote unquote called them out and it's like, but they called themselves out. They didn't wear it. Right. It's not, it's not a secret. It's not like, a secret. They weren't, they weren't trying to like hide something and we went in and investigated and we're bringing it to light. No, like, I mean, literally they thousands, of said, people, thousands of people saw it. So it's not like, yeah. I, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand why people thought that I said that they should be forced to wear it, which I did not. I was just like, they made a choice. Yeah. And if they, if people have questions about the choice that they made, then they, then that's reasonable because they made a choice that was obvious and apparent to people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I feel like, I feel like that's gotta be a little bit of a slap on the face, especially after the, the post game interview, Leuven, who I, We've got man of the match for that game mentioned like how great it was that we have such great fans and they're all, they're all so supportive and they're, they're great. And it's just like the best thing in the world. And it's like, but you didn't support a good percentage of your fans that were especially out on pride yeah. night. Right. Because you didn't even wear the pride kit for just the warm up, you know? So right. I think that's really disappointing. Mm-hmm. I think it's frustrating that it's as political as it is and that people think that it is, that should be political when it really should, should be like, we should have moved past this in 2015 when, um, you know, I thought we were making progress in 2015 because mm-hmm. gay marriage was legalized right. for the entire country. Yep. And it just seems like one thing after another was kind of happening to move us on a path where maybe this wasn't a big discussion point. This mm-hmm. wasn't a big deal. And, 
Um, I just, it's yeah. been hard to watch things kind of backslide on that front from like personally. Yeah. Um, and then like, kind of like my last big point on it is the one thing that really blew my mind about the trolls that I was arguing with on Twitter was that they thought that the representation, the fact that there's a flag, the fact that it gets put up in places, the fact that there's rainbow stuff everywhere uh, means that people are not marginalized. And I was like, that's what? Right. That's the point of them. It being like, out there is for, oh my gosh. Yeah. It, just like the, the talking points that people had for their views was just like, I don't understand. Like, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. So I don't know. Too much, too much religion has been ever since 2016, though, religion has re-entered the political sphere. And I'm not going to go any deeper than that, but that, that contributes to a lot of the backsliding that we're dealing with in terms of progress. And I think people are hiding behind, you know, their Twitter handles and it feels very easy to say whatever you want to say about it and to feel like somehow it's indoctrinating you or your kids or but like whatever. Talk, but like, I don't get is religion is a choice. Yeah. Being, being also a part of the LGBTQIA plus community is not a choice. Right. So I don't know. Also, um, there are a lot of religions. There are a lot of religions. So. A lot of religions out there, a lot of different beliefs. So, but yeah, yeah I know. I digress. It's, yeah. it's tough out there, but um, yeah, I mean, just keep advocating. You know, uh, Anna Maria and I are a safe place. We hope to be. So we're trying. You, we're trying yeah. our best. And if there's yeah. something that we have said or something that we have done that, oh, yeah. you know, is not above board, please let us know. You know, you can always give us that sort of feedback. We mm -hmm. want to be better. We try to be better. Um, we really do believe that soccer, kind of bringing it back around, it is supposed to be a space for everyone and anyone. Um, and that it should be, you know, a diverse representative environment. There should be more women. There should be more people who aren't just white middle-aged guys, you know, right. and, and within the sphere. I and mean, that's, you know, still what we see a lot of the time when we look around the stadium is it's most likely cishet, you know, yeah. white middle-aged guys. But, um, you know, it, it should be for everyone because mm -hmm. it is a global sport. It is, it is an accessible sport, I think, to get into because like anyone can, form a ball and start passing it around, you know, at, at any, in any part of the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's beautiful. I think that could be a very inclusive environment. It's just, it's not right now. Yeah. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, or you can send us an email at STL wannabe fans. At at email. You want to restart that? <laughs> you couldn't remember. I commit. I overcommitted. I overcommitted. <sighs> you want to repeat that at gmail.com? SCL want to be fans at gmail.com. SCL want to be fans at gmail.com. And what's your parting thought, Christina? What should be the deciding factor for who becomes man of the match? I think that's a good one. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Mm -hmm.